Welcome to Leukemia Cast. I'm your host, Deirdre O'Kane. Leukemia Cast is a five part series for you to hear all about life with acute lymphoblastic leukemia, getting insights from patients, their families, and their healthcare professionals through their personal stories. Leukemia Cast has been developed by Children's Health Ireland, CHI, at Crumlin, with the support of Servier Laboratories Ireland. And in this episode, we hear from Kira, who is now 18 years old and has been treated for leukemia. And we'll also chat further to her parents, Dolores and Des. We're going to hear how Kira coped living with the diagnosis of ALL and what helped her to get through her treatment. Welcome, Kira, and thank you for joining me today. Do you mind? I, I know a bit about you because I've spoken to your parents, but do you mind for the listeners? Will you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, my name is Kira. I'm 18 years old. Um, I was diagnosed with leukemia in 2019 and now I'm 18 years old and I'm finished the leaving sir and I'm ready to move on with my life. I'm hearing that I'm ready to move on loud and clear (laughs) and I wouldn't blame (laughs) you. What age were you when you were diagnosed then? You're you're 18 now. Uh, I was 15. I was in third year and I was just doing, I was just getting ready for the junior cert um, when everything changed and I never thought it would happen to me, especially at 15. You you never think that that's going to happen to you and like it never crossed my mind once when I was progressively getting more sick and then all of a sudden your whole life revolves around it. Yeah, no, I know. I, I, I don't think anybody thinks that they're they're going to be the person that, that something like this is going to happen to. And it's a shock, right? I mean, it's a very big shock. How did it how did it affect you? I mean, that, that's a huge question now. And I know you're probably thinking, yeah. OK, how, where do I begin to answer this? But just maybe try, maybe we can go for, I think you were doing your junior search at the time, were you? Yeah. Um, well, I couldn't finish third year and I didn't do the junior cert. Um, and then I missed out on all of that summer, seeing everyone out and about and doing stuff. It really affected me mentally because I just felt like I was trapped in a room for all those months and being that age and all you're thinking all you're thinking about is wanting to survive while everyone else is out living their lives it's it really does affect you um and there's not a day goes by where I don't think about cancer which it's really not a nice experience um and like the fact that I have Lee Farmini syndrome as well it means that I'll always always have it on my mind and I'll always be scared about getting a new one um, and I'll never really be able to live with it not on my mind. OK, but you are living with it and you've just been to Portugal with your friends. And so how, how what do you do? Like, are you I just spoke with your parents and I think positive mental attitude was was big for them. Is that equally a big thing in your life now? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, I try to surround myself with people who understand what's going on as well like I've made a lot of friends online with cancer as well and while I was in Crumlin um in the teen room one day I met a girl called Aoife and we're the exact same age and it was always nice to be around her who understood what was going on and I still talk to her a lot because we always relate to what's going on um and even online I have loads of friends 
from different countries who have cancer and it was always nice to be with those people because they knew what you were going through as well. I think that's it, isn't it? It's when, when somebody else goes, oh, yeah, no, I, hello, I've also got this. I've been through this. Like that's got to be yeah. a great comfort for you. This is when online is yeah. a real benefit, isn't it? That you can find mm-hmm. people unless you're bumping into that girl you were talking about. You can find other people who who've been there and then not feel so alone, I guess. Yeah, um, definitely. So you missed a lot of school. Yeah. Um, of course, I missed the rest of third year and I didn't do the junior cert. Um, but then in TY, I missed all of that the whole year um, while everyone was making memories. Um, and then in fifth year and the beginning of sixth year, I would miss a lot of days every month for appointments and stuff. So I did miss a lot of school. Do you think that was one of the hardest things, like missing out on life or or was were you so ill and were you so focused on trying to get better that that, that didn't matter as much or which? Um, it was definitely very hard to see everyone going to school normally and being around friends all the time when I couldn't even do that. I remember when I started fifth year again, I was very proud that I could actually going to school most days because I didn't expect that I'd be able to go in full time again but it was very nice being back in and going to school and learning and being surrounded in that environment again. Yeah so that must have been a great feeling to get back there. Yeah. When you were having your treatment Covid was around the the dreaded as if it's gone but it was uh, at its worst I think while you were being treated did that have an effect on you? Um, well the the worst of my treatment was mainly in 2019, so COVID wasn't around um, just yet. But while I was still going to clinics every month during the pandemic, um, I suppose it didn't really stop it too much because I never really had like an inpatient stay during COVID um, like I did in 2019. Okay. So in 2019, I always had my family around, but I never had any in 2020. So I never, they never really stopped them seeing me or anything. Um, like my mom could still go in with me for my clinics every month in Crumlin. Um, yeah, it, it didn't really affect it too much. Good. I'm glad you had enough. <laughs> you had enough to do. Yeah. Um, you're just back from Portugal. I wanted to ask you, you, I know you went with a gang of friends. Did, were you able to be as pa- a part of that holiday like everybody else did? Was there anything that you couldn't do? Or was you in any way affected? Um, no, I, I'm pretty, I think I could do everything. Like, of course, my energy levels aren't 100% every single day. And if there's some evening where I was just too tired to go out, like I'd stay in. But for the most part, I could take part in everything and I'd go out with them and have fun with all the rest. Like, I didn't feel like I was kind of separated from the group at all. Yeah, brilliant. So you, you've very you much got involved. your life back. Yeah, Good I woman. do. Brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. Much deserved. Thank you just want to paint a little picture of what life is like for you now you still do you have to have regular checkups um my last checkup was in Crumlin that was like two or three months ago um but I'm in the middle of transitioning to the adult services in St James's um I've yet to meet my haematologist in St James's but I should be meeting him soon but I have met my genetics doctor who deals with my leaf Ramini syndrome and he does my screenings and I get full body MRIs every year in St. James's to like check for new cancers and stuff. 
Okay. So most of my checkups will be in St. James's. Does that help you knowing that they are watching you, that they're always testing, looking out for you, basically? Yeah, definitely. Um, because if I do develop a new cancer, it will be caught early and it, I'll have the most chance of survival because I know that doctor will will always check yeah. every year with those full body MRIs. And he, I asked him if it was enough just checking that once a year and he said, definitely. Yeah. That, isn't that, isn't it that gives a peace great, of mind. I, I think that's a brilliant thing to have. You know, I'm being watched. They're brilliant at their jobs. They know what I have. They're going to watch me. They're going to look out for me. And of course, then the science and the medicine is just improving all of the time. So you have great reason to be optimistic and positive. Do you, do you yeah. feel that mostly? Or, do you, or, is, yeah. is it, or is the fear, does one balance out the other? What, what's your take? Um, like, of course, I still get very worried in some days, especially towards the end of the year when I it's getting closer to the MRI. But um, I do try to stay positive and I kind of listen to my body. And if I'm not feeling well, then I'll do something about it. But at the moment, I am feeling very like strong and good. So I'm not too worried at the moment. Great. I'm delighted. I'm so, so really delighted to hear that. Um can I ask you, Kira, what advice you'd give? There are other kids who are now 15, younger, who are just getting a diagnosis of ALL. Would you have advice for them? It is going to be a very long journey, but it's not always going to be bad. Like there are good days. Um, and the best thing that you can do is just like be kind to your parents as well because it's very hard for them to see you like this and if they could take away all that pain like they would and like surrounding yourself with people like that who want to help you it does help um and even meeting people online or finding people with the same diagnosis as you online and talking to them just talking to people it really helps just know that you won't go through it alone yeah you're you're so uh, it's it's very it's very kind and generous of you to say be kind to your parents because as a teenager, that's not really the norm. <laughs> you know your job yeah. as a teenager is kind of ah uh, you know what you're annoying me and is you're testing boundaries all of the time. So you know I really I really admire you for for saying that even for trying for trying because I do think other teenagers will be listening and then they. They need to hear that, I think. Yeah. You know, what uh, do you think helped you the most? Um, were there people? Was there a particular service? Well, while I was on the ward, um, I really enjoyed doing the music therapy and the play specialist. They were just nice to be around. And then, of course, the teen room on the ward where I could spend time. That was my favorite place to be on the ward. Um, and I met my friend Aoife in there. Can you tell me about it, Kira? What 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 is it? it what is it? What's in the teen room? What what's it like? There's just like really comfy chairs, and there's like a fridge, and there's a really big TV. You can just like watch movies and stuff, and you can just like chat in there. And it's just nicer, like to be out of the like hospital bed and to yes. just like sit on a like nice chair and stuff. While like while I was in active treatment, I never went to Barrettstown, but. I went last November for the first adolescent and young adult camp and I enjoyed that so much so I can see why 
that would really help people while they're in active treatment because it's just such a safe space and like you'd feel safe there when you're in treatment um and a new charity that was set up on the grounds of the hospital is Keen's Kennels um like while you're in treatment you do really miss your dogs and stuff and of course they're part of your family and I never got to see my dogs while I was in treatment but um like one day I was sitting in the garden on the ward with my mom and Kean's mom came out and asked if we wanted to see his dog because they brought him up for the day um like me and Kean were in treatment at the same time we were about 15 and they brought Cooper up for the day and it was even though I couldn't see my own dogs it was nice to see Kean with his dog that day amazing so they set up this charity called Kean's Kennels because of what they've yeah. been through god the dogs and the animals they're so important aren't they Kira? like they're there's yeah, just something. They're part of your family. Yeah, they are. And there's something about the love of an animal that they're not asking you questions like I am now. <laughs> Driving <laughs> you mad. <laughs> so that really helped. Is there is there anything else that um, you want to tell me about the whole experience? I think you're going on. You want to become a nurse. Is that right? Yeah, I do. Um, I've kind of always wanted to be a nurse because my mom is a nurse. But especially after experiencing that, and of course, like doctors are a huge part of the team, but like nurses make a huge difference in your lives because they're the people you talk to all the time and you interact with all the time. So I feel like it would be nice to like treat kids knowing like that, you know what it's like to be in the hospital bed for months on end. Like, yeah, and you, you really do. And, and you're going to make an incredible nurse because you, you'll be able to offer that. You'll have an insight, you know, that most yeah. people just won't have. You'll, you'll know what it's like when you're treating it. And one day you will be treating a kid and minding somebody and you'll, you'll know that. So, it, you know, I, it's such a noble profession. I've all my admiration for nurses is off the charts. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But, uh, I, you know, I just think that's particularly unique if you've got your perspective because you're just going to be able to offer something extraordinary to somebody else. Um, that's yeah. probably as positive as it gets. And are, are you, so you're waiting for your results? Yeah. You're leaving cert September. results? Okay. Yeah. And uh, where are you going to, where are you going to go to? Where are you hoping? Have you got a? Um, my first choice is in UCC in Cork. Okay. That's my first choice. Okay. I wish you the very, very best of luck. Um, Thank you. You deserve it. Thank you for talking to me. Um Thank you so much. Is there anything else that you want to tell me that I haven't asked you? Any other tips or advice or and don't worry if there isn't. I'm I'm just wondering if there's a question I should have asked but didn't. Was there a specific nurse, a specific doctor, were there any bonds? My CNS, Fiona, she was the most fun to be around. She's lovely. Well, the whole team, Dr. Malone, my A&P Lorna and all the CNSs like Fiona, Pam, and a CNS is um, a clinical nurse, is that right? Clinical nurse specialist? Is that clinical right? nurse specialist, mm. yeah. Um, and one of them, Olive, that she would do all the massages. I'd, <laughs> I'd love being in that room. I'd always fall asleep on her chair when she's doing the massages. The whole team was great. Yeah, I, I think for somebody else who's, uh, who's a teenager list, might be listening to this, um, it's going to be comforting to hear, look, you will make friends, you will see people doing things that you admire and look, take the massages, go to Barrettstown, do all the things that are offered. Would you say that's important? Just accept 
help and accept the things that are. Yes, definitely. Accept help and don't go through it alone. Yeah. Well, listen, well done you. You've done absolutely brilliantly. Thank you. Um, You're a lovely family. I've really enjoyed meeting (laughs) the whole lot of you. Many thanks, Kira, for sharing your personal experience with us. We wish you every success on the Leaving Cert and in pursuing your nursing career in the years ahead. I have no doubt you are going to be phenomenal at what you do. So we will chat again to Dolores and Des. Welcome back. Good to see you both again. It has been so lovely to chat to Kira. She is a fabulous girl and you must be so proud of her. Now, just for the last few minutes, I want to ask you, looking back, is there anything that you would have done differently? Um, yes, definitely. Um, we would have looked for that blood test. <laughs> right. That's an important message. That's an yeah. important yeah. message. Yeah. I know every, and like we've already said, every child and every patient in this scenario is different. And they'll, everybody will find out differently Absolutely. and the different things will happen. But if I, somebody's not getting the answers to something, a blood test tells so yeah. much. Parents need to trust their instincts. I think as a parent, you 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 recognize the signs. Yeah. You there's this, this this internal alarm goes off in your head. You know something is wrong. And if and and doctors, I mean, in fairness, they have to see so many people every day, and they they can't see the individual yeah, changes like in people. They don't know your child, yeah. obviously, but we could see our child wasn't well. Yeah, you know, she was just deteriorating in front of her, her eyes. She was losing yeah. weight. She just wasn't the same. She'd no energy. You know, we went down the line then, you know, she, you know, was she being bullied at school? That was being played around. Did she not want to go to school? That's why she was missing exams. We were going like, no way. She has a group of friends. You know, she's academic. But you're so desperate for answers. You're going to go to everywhere. You just need an answer. I know I totally understand. For an answer. And the answer was in plain sight in front of us most of the time. But I suppose in one way, you just don't want to. No, and hindsight. Hindsight is a wonderful thing. Well, hindsight is, yes. For for parents, trust your instincts. If you're not happy, keep pushing, keep keep pushing. pushing. And if you're not happy with your own GP, get a second opinion. Go to somebody else. And a third opinion. Just keep going. Yeah, exactly. Trust yourself. Just keep going until you get that answer. Absolutely. And the funny thing is, like with all the pushing that we did in Tralee and we, we still weren't getting the answers. I mean, when we got to Crumlin, I remember one of the, one of the first nights, a doctor, very, very nice doctor That's came in yeah. and he turned around. He was kind of looking at my daughter and he was saying to me, he said, why are you only bringing her here now? And I was like, That's so I was like, if you only knew, bro, if you only knew, you know, what we've gone through to get here, you know. And the thing was, in Crumlin, I noticed because we were in the, the not we weren't in the uh, St. John's Park, we were in the, the regular children's ward. And there was these posts, it's like a poster campaign in Crumlin, like telling doctors and staff to listen to parents. It was actually there on a poster printed like a campaign to tell, tell doctors, listen to parents. Parents understand and know their children better than, than, than most. I was looking at, I was standing there with a cup of coffee at about three o'clock in the morning looking at this going, why isn't this everywhere? So, I mean, that's a message you'd put out. You don't, you weren't listened to early on before you got to Cumlin, I'm I'm talking about in the early days. I I think, I think Dolores alluded to earlier on, one of our visits to the A&E, you know, with my child, they're so ill. And he just turned to me, the triage nurse, and he says, he said, why did you bring her here today? You know, I, I just I just didn't know how to answer that question, you know, in a civilized manner. I, I just, you know, 
I'm not a person who would waste people's time, you know. I mean, you, you would have been entitled you know, to answer it in an uncivilized manner, Des, at that I, point. I, I think <laughs> so. I think so. In hindsight, um, how I managed to hold myself there. But, you know, in, in hindsight, when we know actually what was wrong, you know, it, it's just it's, it's kind of infuriating in a way. But I, I do understand that, the, you know, the, the, the staff and doctors are under pressure. They're seeing so many people. There's so many people going through underfunded, under-resourced, understaffed emergency rooms. You know, people are going to get, get through the cracks. But I think, you know, in this case, you have to be a little bit selfish and you have to think for, your, you know, for, for your own good, your own, your own child's good and push for what's necessary. Yeah, well, well done. You did get there. I, I think that you have answered this question already, but I'm going to finish with it anyway, which is what advice would you have to other parents of children <laughs> with ALL? Keep positive. Yeah. Keep positive. It's the biggest I mean, one, isn't you know, it? Really, that that is yeah. for you. I mean, you you are going to see. You're going to meet other people who are going through hell, and who are having very and who are being given very bad prognoses, and they're getting bad outcomes. And you're going to see that. I mean, we we've gone. We've lost. I mean, Kira's lost so many of the people that she's met in Crumlin, and we've seen people lose their children, very young children, and it is just such a, a tragic hard time. But for you yourself, you just have to look at your own case and just keep moving forward. While you're in the game, you keep you you could you've still got to move. You still have options, and you can move forward. Um, you know the 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 amount the the amount of knowledge that's out there, the amount of skill, the hard working kind of dedicated people that, that are in Crumlin, they're going to help you. They're going to do everything they can. And if there's any chance for your child to progress, they will take you through. Yeah. For you me, know. really, it was just trust your consultant. Yeah. You know, Dr. Andrea Malone was just, we handed our child over to her. Yeah. She was just amazing. Um, we just trusted her 100%. She Professor Angus Markig as well. Yeah. You know, and, you know, you have to remember, they, they're going to be very honest with you. And in some respects, they're going to be brutally honest. And they have to be, you know it's better that things aren't sugar-coated for you. And I mean, we, we had a very frank discussion with Andrea one yeah. day where she basically told us how bad things would be or how could possibly be. And we just had, we, we have to take that and deal with that and move forward. You don't take it as the end of the game. You just take it as just, it's a bit of a bad pass and you have to yeah. take it and go on and move forward. Thank you for being so candid and <clears throat> frank with me. And on the positive thing, um, was there... Was there anything that you did um, that, that you think is worth sharing to stay positive? Because it's so easy to say stay positive. But I mean, how? <laughs> We're all different yeah, now. We, yeah. But, but I, I'm just curious to know, was there anything? Oh, do, do, do you do anything? Do you meditate? Do you do anything like that? Is, there, is it physical yeah, exercise? I kind of took up, yeah, I dabbled a bit, I suppose, at meditation while I was in there. Um at the time, Katie, the, the play specialist, um, I suppose, Kira being that little bit older, a lot of the services are focused towards um, the younger children. So Kira being, you know, 16. Yeah. Um, it was very hard. You mm. know, the playroom is set up for small children. So uh, Katie, the play therapist, really took a special interest in her. So we did um, we did some meditation, um, which was really good. But myself and Kira did that together. And, you know, to this day, if I can't sleep, I'll still do, you know, some meditation. We also, um, um, Olive, the complementary therapist, is just amazing, isn't she? Oh, she was great. She's what what, does, what does complementary therapist mean? She tell you we're looking so, great, considering uh, what you were going through. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
she um so like she would take you could have a massage with olive um reflexology she has a special chair in the room a massage chair that the parents can just go in and chill out in you know just take your 10 minutes the away little from the things the little that, things little that can things. get you through that a chair day. is just so wonderful yeah, so. yeah i bet that really for us was the big thing. Yeah. Um, um, I I windsurf, so at the dark when I was down here on my own, I just literally just throw the board onto the roof of the car and sail gale force. The elements the head out, hit the sea, and just yeah. spend two three hours out there and just blast the waves and just yeah. Well, that's certainly and yeah. yeah uh, that's certainly what worked for me. It was it was nature. I was like yeah. desperate. Nature, I was desperate. Yeah. Walk yeah. by the sea. Walk by a river. Yeah. Get to a forest. Oh, anything. A walk if you yeah. can. And yeah. it's and something you can do on your own as well. So you don't have to be dealing with other people and like just get out there on your yeah. own and just clear the mind Absolutely. and just do it and be done. It's free. It's get out, again. get the oxygen mm-hmm. into Absolutely. your body. I, I can't thank you both enough for sharing all of that. I think it will be hugely helpful to everybody. Thank you both so much for your time. Mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed be. talking mm-hmm. to you both. Thank you. And it's a pleasure thank talking you. to you. It's great talking to you. Fantastic. Yeah. You're great. Thank, thank you. you. Many thanks again to you, Dolores and Des, for giving us such incredible insight into your lives with leukaemia and how you have managed through some very difficult years. We appreciate it hugely and we wish you all the best in the future. In the next episode, we'll hear from Pam Lannan, who's a clinical nurse specialist, CNS, at Our Ladies Children's Hospital, Crumlin. And we'll hear how, as a clinical nurse specialist, she is central to the management of patients like Kira every day. 